Yeah, well, I, I was talking to actually the listeners, not you there, so you didn't need to reply. But I, I, was, I mean, I'm the one. It's listening right, I understand. To you in I, the but moment. like logically, you feel like I'm talking to you, but I, there's actually there's like a third. So actor you're like here. kind of breaking the fourth wall here. It's a pod. We that's all we do. <laughs> I mean, I, I talk to you during the podcast. Yeah, well, are you I, not talking to me during? I think the podcast? we're talking to everybody during the podcast. I don't think, but. But but this isn't this a This is very meta. This is not a fictional show, so we actually break the fourth wall as a as a whole concept. <laughs> this is uh thinking like a lawyer, by the way. Uh this is the Above the Law show. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. That is Catherine Rubino. We are here once again to check in on some of the big stories of the week. As always, we'll uh run through those and uh take some time to thank our sponsors throughout the show, Lexicon. LexisNexis Interaction, Contract Tools, and Nota. So, Ooh, yeah, but new, we'll get to hearing from them in a bit in characteristically fun ways. And how are you this this fine week? You know, good. Um, snow is getting to be a little bit of a problem. Like I find snow magical, but at a certain point. So I I don't mind snow the way my life currently works. I don't have to do a ton of shoveling, whatever. It's fine. It's annoying, but it, it is what it is. Um, but there's just a lot of snow. And it doesn't feel like it's ever actually going to end. And I guess it's okay because it's still February. And in my mind, February is kind of peak snow time. So it's fine. But it feels like it's going to continue through March. And March snow is is the devil. It's, uh, it's, it's March insane. and April snow is unacceptable to me. Right. Well, but I mean, I really have no choice in these things. So, I mean, at this point it's snowing most of the way through the week. Uh, there's still snow on the ground. It's uh, just, I mean, I guess it doesn't get a chance to become slushy and unpleasant when there's just a new coat of it every day. <laughs> I suppose there's little, little things we should be thankful for. Yeah. Small miracles. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a small miracle. I'm dying to find out what you think a small miracle is. Coming back from the pandemic. So how have law firms weathered previous economic downturns and come out stronger on the other side? LexisNexis Interaction has released an in-depth global research report confronting the 2020 downturn lessons learned during previous economic crises. Download your free copy at interaction.com slash like a lawyer to see tips, strategies, plans, and statistics from leaders who have been through this before and how they've reached success again. So what's up? Not too, too much. Things have been, I don't know, have they been pretty busy in your mind? Yeah. I was actually transitioning to, this is, this is we're, we're having some meta issues here. That <laughs> I was transitioning to maybe you could talk about a story or something. Oh, I guess I could. Yeah. Uh, so I guess one of the bigger stories, there's actually a couple of different stories that we had this past week, and that is the virtual hearing, speaking of the pandemic, but uh, all the virtual hearings getting disturbed by uh, all sorts of shenanigans. I think you had a story about folks having sex on camera during a virtual hearing. I had a story about um, a public court hearing that was... Um, Disturbed by a cavalcade of dick pics. Yeah, but yours wasn't even a court hearing, though, right? It was it, just like it, a commu- community no, no, board or it something? it was a high court hearing in, okay. in England. It was about proper ownership of a f- football, quote-unquote, but it was actually soccer, obviously, yeah. because it was UK. Ownership of a team, and there's going to trial the end of the month, whatever, but there was some public hearing uh, as a result. And uh, despite the admonishments of the 
judge, people sort of took over the Zoom. It wasn't a Zoom. I believe it was a Teams meeting. Okay. Uh, and uh, took it over. A bunch of dick pics were sent. People started making raspberry noises. One of the lawyers involved called it a circus atmosphere. It was it was high comedy. You know, I mean, and, and maybe this is a, a problem with Teams. I, I've already learned how in Zoom you put those people as mm-hmm. observers and they don't get to talk unless they like specifically reach out and yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't use Teams much myself, yeah. but it was uh, it was definitely a disturbance. Yeah. Well, so uh, meanwhile, there was also a lawyer in Peru who got in some trouble because he decided to start having sex during the hearing of, of like a gang lord. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, it, was, it wasn't like it was a bo- one of the boring hearings. Like, I could understand <laughs> if it's like a trust in estates, like probate thing, like you... you Sometimes you need a so distraction, you, but uh, so so you're you're in favor of sex during a court hearing if it's boring. I'm not necessarily in favor. I think Jeffrey I'm Tubin say- agrees with you. I'm saying I oh nice. I, I'm just saying I understand. Um, <laughs> this one though, it seemed it's not like, recommended in any event. And yeah, so it had a weird wide angle view on uh, on the old Zoom, and uh, I think. Must have thought he was off frame, but was not. Must have, right? Must I mean, have thought that they were off maybe, frame. Maybe. Uh, or, you know. He's into it. I mean, I guess there's also that option. But yeah, no, I'm... Uh, Disturbing. My, my takeaway of it was just, you don't get to come back from that as a crime lord. I feel like if, <laughs> if your violent street gang is most known for the time the lawyer had sex during your hearing... I, you're not tough you, anymore. Lost, well, yeah, you don't have you cred. you have such a badass attorney, of course. Even um, your attorneys maybe. can't help but have sex well, all Well, it's the unclear time. whether it's his attorney or if this or was somebody says, oh, else. Okay. But yeah. I guess. Yeah, I, I just feel like maybe this is the Maybe we just don't ultimate. know enough about crime lords in general. I, uh, obviously. I mean, most of my crime lord information comes from Daredevil. Mm, yes, uh, well. Kingpin is basically all I can think of. Fair enough. Um <laughs> Yeah, so we've got that handled. So that's what was going on. You know, I hope that lawyer managed to get paid, though, before uh, everything went down. You know, you went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. Take advantage of NOTA, a no-cost IOLTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Enjoy peace of mind with one-click reconciliation, automated transaction alerts, and real-time bank data. Visit trustnota.com legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. So... Let's go back. We were talking about how depressing the snow can sometimes be. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a story maybe you want to talk about from this week? There were a couple, actually, uh, about... God help me if you pick the wrong one again. <laughs> <laughs> we had a couple of stories about mental health issues in law schools. Oh, did we now? Yeah. Um, oh, wow. It, it, it's interesting because I thought I set you up for that perfectly a little while ago and then we didn't hear about I it. But, it, but I, I'm, I didn't see the connection I am before. super eager to hear about it now. <laughs> okay. So... We got a bunch of tipsters uh, from Columbia Law School who reached out to Above the Law, which if you have similar issues, you can always reach out, tips at com. We're always available um, on that email address about a bunch of issues that were they were having um, at the law school. This Columbia Law School Student Senate had done a survey in the fall semester and mental health issues were just seeing a very sharp increase kind of across the board, folks who were experiencing 
both an increase in, in mental health issues as well as feeling like the administration was largely, or if not largely, at least partially responsible for an increase in the pressures uh, regarding this. And it's because there was big changes made to the schedule because of the pandemic. There was a shortened schedule. They eliminated reading week for the spring semester. So it went right from the end of classes right into a bunch of days for, for classes. And so... Or for, for exams. exams. Sorry. Yeah, right. So that was a problem. And there was a petition to the um, administration of the law school to try to change a bunch of the, the for the for the spring semester to make some changes to kind of alleviate some of the stressors that folks had. And um, Dean Jillian Lester had sent out an email being like, yeah, things are hard. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't great. It wasn't great. But to Dean Lester's credit, after getting kind of dragged um, about all this, <laughs> we did a follow up story where um, the dean and a bunch of the administrators uh, met with representatives of the student senate. They had a list of, I think, 10 or 11 um, different demands, went through them all, made progress on a bunch of them. A couple of them were like, this is why we can't do it for these reasons or these are the other ways we follow up. And it was really a very productive conversation. And so it really does seem like things are moving forward in a really good way. Uh, But it just kind of just goes to show you why having an active dialogue um, between students and the administration is always important, but particularly in these kind of crazy times. Yeah, I feel like this is a theme that we've been hearing about from a lot of different angles. And I'm assuming that Columbia is not the only law school. I assume there's probably... Yeah, we are, uh, I did another story about Michigan law school having similar enough. issues. Yeah. And I, I think it's probably impacting almost all the law schools. And it's there's an attitude amongst those of us who went through hard things to assume that every hard thing that we did is the same as every hard thing everyone else is going to do. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of folks who went through law school and law school is stressful and difficult query whether or not it always has to be, but... It is, it was, Mm -hmm. and at that point, we come out on the other side and say, well, no one should complain. I went through it, too. Yeah, law school school sucks next. Except you didn't go through it because you didn't have spring break canceled so that you could shove more classes in because you couldn't come back after the holidays fast enough because there's a deadly pandemic going on Mm -hmm. and they got rid of reading week and they're having extra hours every day of the class. Lots of law schools moved early interview week from the fall to January now. So those are actually overlapping with classes for so a now lot you've of got to interview while yep. you're doing all of this yep. it's 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 a lot plus there's the whole you know pandemic aspect of it folks are getting sick who are in law school or taking care of you know family members who are sick or dying you know one of the stories from Columbia that came out was uh, somebody who was like you know I found out my grandmother died in the middle of taking an exam and there was sort of no no mechanism to kind of deal with that. I just kind of had to cabinet off and do the best I could. And is that grade really reflective of yeah. of who you are as a lawyer, you know, or potentially as a lawyer? No, probably not, right? Hopefully this is not kind of the permanent state of the world is is the pandemic. And, you know, these are these are sorts of things that people are going through and there doesn't seem to be a really great across the board response. And so administrations have to kind of deal with these on an ad hoc basis, but be responsive and be able to make changes and not just say, hey, this doesn't fit in our accepted formula of issues. Yeah, it's almost as though, and I'm sure there's a psychological term for all this that is better than what I'm about to say, but it comes from a place where we 
we cling to less the idea of how stressful it actually the impact uh, the experience of how stressful it may have actually been for us mm -hmm. and we actually instead cling to the idea that stress existed and therefore it's all the same like i went through something stressful so it must be the same thing that you're going through as opposed to thinking about this and this has come up with the bar exam situation too i mean a lot of the obviously most of the folks who write in to us about bar exam situations have been on the side of this is ridiculous that we're going forward with this during pandemic times and forcing people into big convention centers while all right, this but is going as, on. As sympathetic but, as folks are, they're often not sympathetic for things like diploma privilege. Yeah, but what we most people are writing in like that, but we do get detractors who write in and they write in stuff like almost exclusively the detractors position is I mean, the bar exam was never a cupcake. I took it and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but none of the scenarios that you took it under are close to the same experiences happening here. We get that it was annoying and stressful, but that mere fact does not translate across to every bad situation. Absolutely. And the other thing I'd say is that we know the legal profession is terrible when it comes to mental health issues, mm -hmm. right? They have an above average incidence of mental health issues, of substance abuse. You know, study after study has proven this. And rather than say, hey, that means that we need to make big changes, you know, to what we think of is acceptable yeah. uh, and how we deal with it, you know, kind of industry wide, particularly older folks are more likely to say, well, I did it and I survived. Yeah. And that is really problematic. Yeah, this is kind of broken recording, but the event that they survived is almost never the same as right. what's going on right. here. But but, uh, but I'm saying even if it were, yeah, even yeah, if it were, we fair. know that that has led to problems. Dealing with mental health issues the way the legal profession has yes. is problematic. We know that. We have all the data that proves that. But rather than say, oh, that means we can make changes, people are like, well, I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is... Not a great way to look at mental health issues. No. And hopefully, you know, the younger, the newer generation of folks are really into making these changes and can potentially make them yeah. over the long term. Yeah. And it, the profession is, you know, going to change over time, hopefully, as opposed to mm -hmm. just being locked down is what it's always been. But, you know, there's just new ways of dealing with things that people can hopefully deploy to make the, the job better. You know, one of those is if you work with contracts and don't use contract tools, you're missing a lot. Save time, make more money, and do a better job for your clients with contract tools by paper software. Contract tools is the most powerful word add-in for working with contracts. Thousands of lawyers all over the world rely on contract tools every day for every kind of deal. Visit papersoftware.com to watch a demo and get a free trial. As a special offer to podcast listeners, use coupon code LTN2020 to get one month free. That's papersoftware.com and LTN2020. 2020. Speaking of returning back to kind of the profession and, and oh. how we get back. Oh, yeah. No, I'm doing no, it you're going to gonna you. try. Yo, you're trying segues <laughs> now. Okay. We're, work, we're working on it. We're working on it. Uh, it seems like a lot of folks who may have been involved in the Trump administration are eager to get back to sort of the life they led before. Yeah. I mean, obviously, with any turnover of an administration, there's the mad dash to get back to the private sector. Sure, that revolving door has always been criticized. Revolving doors are, are what they are. Yeah. Uh, but this, it, it really does has taken on something of a feel of a less of a revolving door than a game of 
duck duck goose or whatever it is <laughs> where like the key is to not be the last one Just to turn off it. the lights yeah. because <laughs> they could get bad obviously some folks like your rod rosensteins and all got out early mm -hmm. uh, as more stories came out of their culpability in certain things like the family separation which rod has definitely been involved in he's already moved on to his big law firm and uh, seems to be getting by obviously jones day is taking whatever riffraff they actually don't really care whether or not <laughs> I mean, you, you really could have just killed babies and they, they're, they're willing to take you. But as we saw with uh, they announced most recently that they brought on Chad Mizell, who right. uh, is more or less more or less an architect of that separation policy. And they brought him on. Well, if you don't mention it in the press release, they don't it mention it in happen. the press release, which actually I thought was a bold move for Jones Day. I was like, this shows some degree of growth in the past. <laughs> you would have said, plus, look at what he did here. Proudly. Yeah. But no, so they try to get by in the press release without mentioning that. So some folks are getting that treatment. Others, though, I mean, we already had that conversation about uh, the DOJ attorney who may not be able to go back to Kirkland because they, you know, because of the story of him attempting a coup. Uh, but we also see... That is a problem. Yeah, we also see that Pat Cipollone, at White House counsel, and Eric Hirschman, formerly of Kazowitz, but now uh, mostly retired, so sure. probably not needing to come back. But they were uh, featured in this Axios story from a week ago about their role in arguing with Trump and Sidney Powell uh, having this big knockdown drag out fight in the White House about what to do. Right. Uh, it was very interesting. Right. Uh, I and read Axios it. has a whole series about kind of these like fights at the end of the, the Trump administration to kind of really, you know, put a, a microscope on what actually happened behind closed doors. Yeah. See, I, I, but uh, from my perspective, I didn't care as much about what went on behind closed doors. I assume sausage making is is awful. Uh, <laughs> I actually saw that story as way more interesting from the perspective of who's the source of this and how desperate are they to perform some kind of a career. To be clear, th th there's a lot of, you know, this was not me going on as opposed, you know, yeah, to make like, clear look, their role in the... There's all anonymous, it's all anonymous sources. They just all happen to be anonymous sources that talk about how Hirschman was not only in the right but heroic and courageously standing <laughs> up for what's right. Obviously, yeah, like it's his positioning in the room accurate. Yes. And, yeah. um, obviously, you don't know. You know, they say anonymous sources. It may not have been him, but sure. whoever it was really wants him to come out looking good. So it. I just read the story from a backwards looking angle mm -hmm. of who's the unreliable narrator in this story, basically. <laughs> uh, it, but it, it's fascinating kind of, I thought was interesting from a legal perspective of like, how do you frame your career? I mean, a lot of being a lawyer is the ability to tell stories, Sure, you would say. And we had this revolving door stuff that we've been talking about on the show and in the website for a few weeks now. But this was one where you actually got to see the narrative shaping in fashion, you know, in, in, in real time. Sort yeah, of, yeah, in real time, you got to watch yeah. as somebody tried to explain vis-a-vis -a, -vis a reporter how... Yeah. they're okay to get a job on the back end. Yeah, and I guess we don't actually know where a bunch of these folks will wind up. It's, of course. You know, it's still kind of early in that, but it will kind of be interesting to see, you know, what their next chapter is and and the ways in which this article potentially helped pave that path. But yeah, no, they um, there's a lot of lawyers in the government and in, especially, obviously there are non 
partisan jobs out there, non-political jobs, but there are also a lot of political jobs who do a lot of the main administrative tasks around the White House. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, we get to see how they uh, get their new jobs. You know, on the subject of administrative tasks. Oh, yeah. Have you thought about I streamlining have, have. administrative tasks before? Well, let's hear from our friends at Lexicon. Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal services and technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, HR, billing, client intake, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com go to learn more. So, uh, last week was also legal week, year, tech New York. I'm not okay with this kind of growth of, of legal Legal tech. week creep. Yeah, yeah, legal week creep. Yeah, so uh, it was the an what used to be Legal Tech New York, one of the annual legal technology shows, big one here in New York, always kicks off the, the calendar. conference yeah. calendar, if you will. Yeah, it's Midtown. It was... Yeah, we have it in Midtown. It's great. They changed its name to Legal Week recently, you know, a few years ago. Now it's legal. It's not legal year. It's legal week year. That doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, but they're just going <laughs> to keep having more sessions till like June. That's how it's going to happen. First it's of all, just never going to end. That is not a year. That is a half of a year. That's true. I wonder if they're going to try to push it beyond that. We'll see. Sure. Uh, but also, I mean, there are other conferences, and yeah. and I don't know why it needs to all go under this umbrella. Yeah, I mean, they they're going to run one that in March, and that's obviously when we would otherwise go to like ABA Tech Show or something. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Anyway, they had their show. Uh, it was quite interesting. You know, I didn't get to go to as many things as I usually do because my computer exploded midway through. Well, so I had a legal yeah. tech, I had my own legal you tech the, issues. the epitome of legal tech issues yeah. in the middle of it. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, so we did that and we had a lot of conversations with various vendors about like what's right. up with them and where they're going. Uh, so very interesting. Don't really have a ton to get into about it here, but I'm... What's one of the keynotes though? Uh, Stacey Abrams gave a keynote. Nice. Uh, yeah, and to, I assume, balance that, they made Chris Christie give one to... Both sides! Uh, yeah, it was kind of that is, sort of situation. An awful trend of modern political discourse. But. Yeah, well, it, it, neither of them seemed particularly legal techie. Uh, Stacey, yeah, I mean, Stacey Abrams at least kind of tried. She kind of would would steer the conversation back to, you know, and a lot of what lawyers do is solve problems, and so that's what I was kind of trying to do with, you know, like it, and made <laughs> sure. it feel like she it made, made effort, sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. What about it, Christie's? It did not um, do that. <laughs> it was it was just like an extended cut of him any other time you see him. I, I will say that uh, the interviewer, you know, lets a few things slide that I wouldn't have necessarily, but sure. deserves full points for going directly to the question. So I don't think anybody's ever asked you directly, how do you feel about Charles Kushner getting a pardon? <laughs> uh, and that was some fun. That was the price of admission right there. Uh, yeah, no, uh, well, what was his answer? He was very diplomatic about it. Okay. But he's, he's clearly seething. <laughs> and it's one of those situations where, you know, you say the diplomatic thing and you, and you know now is the time for the conversation to stop, but you just can't stop yourself. He's like... <laughs> just can't end it. No, it actually, it, it, it doesn't bother me. It won't take away the work that me and my team did in a very important case. But the president has the ability to pardon whomever he wants. And uh, so we just have to take it. 
wait a beat. And then <laughs> he's like, for it. Then he's like, and honestly, this was one of the worst criminals that we ever dealt with in my office. He <laughs> did this and he did this. And the witness tampering was of a scale that I have not seen. And we've done mob cases like then, you know, realizes this is too much. Then wait a beat, say something. OK. And then goes. And I mean, obviously, given his son-in-law, it was clear that this was always the goal of the Trump administration <laughs> was to get Charles free. And I'm like, it was worth it. The guy couldn't quite stop himself from unveiling the So really, that, that the interviewing seeding. skill of just waiting is yeah. sometimes... That's a great yeah. practice tip. Yeah. It is a very good one from depositions yeah. and so on. Yeah. Sometimes just wait a second and the uncomfortable silence will drag out the right Most answer. Most people want to fill uncomfortable silences. Yep. And right. And when you're trying to prep a witness, you, you tell them not to sort yeah. of be put off by silence. But lots of people will just try to fill that silence. Oh, it's and a natural get impulse. Yeah, it's yeah. natural. Yeah. But no, so so that was very that was very good and uh, entertaining. Uh, but the rest <laughs> the rest of it was was kind of black. But I I was greatly entertained by him trying to keep himself politically under wraps for a conversation about Charles Kushner. Anyway, that was fun. Yeah. So yeah, that was a a fun little legal week. And with all that, we're gonna we're gonna have more stuff come up this week. I su- I assume every week. In fact, that's kind of. <laughs> It's kind of what happens. Life keeps on going. Yeah. Anyway, thank you all for listening. You should be subscribed to the show to get new episodes. You should give it reviews, stars, write something, shows you're engaged, and that always helps people know that the show's out there. You should be listening to The Jabot, which is Catherine's other podcast. You should listen to the other offerings of the Legal Talk Network. Check out uh, Legal Tech Week if you enjoy the Legal Tech Conversations, because that's the lawyer's roundtable that I do on Fridays. Oh, you remember the name of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in fairness, in fairness, the name has always been a little fuzzy about we internally called it the round table and not that wasn't what it was on services. And you can watch that show live, actually. Uh, it's like a Zoom webinar that you can register for live and then you can listen to it as a podcast afterwards. But if you watch it, then you would have been able to participate in the side chat that went on the whole time, which turned the whole show into a Ham's Beer Appreciation Hour. You're there for that, I, I can imagine. I mean, I was largely ri- a ringleader of it, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, it's always fun to listen to, but it's always it's more fun to participate, I suppose. Uh, you should read Above the Law, uh, I think is fair. You should follow us on social media. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One, which is the numeral one at the end of there. She holds up her finger every time I do that as though you can see her hold up the number one. It's to remind you. I've already said it at the point that you do that, though. Mm, I usually do it before. Mm. Mm. Anyway, so with all of that, I think we're done. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors, and we'll uh, be back next week. Peace. Peace.